You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories off the top of our heads to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV shows, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, it's our eighth episode. Woohoo! And hey, this time, I don't want to bury the lead while we do our greetings and catch up and kind of get the creative juices flowing. <laughs> I say we just jump right in and tell the folks what we're talking about today. So key it up. What's the what's the deal today, Mike? What are we doing? Well, uh, as any 80s uh, kids would uh, would be, we are huge fans of Schwarzenegger. So we decided that uh, Commando has not had enough love, damn it. And we're going to do Agreed. a sequel to Commando. But... It's going to be a crossover with one of our favorite Arnie movies, Terminator. Heck yeah. I think that that sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can't wait. And we mentioned Commando. uh, I forget what episode we were talking about. It might have been the rental rants bitching about TV shows being too long because we were uh, complaining about Jeff Loeb and (laughs) uh, what a travesty he wrote in the form of Ultimates 3, the comic book sequel to uh, Mark Miller's Ultimates epic. That's really the basis for the MCU Avengers. And then you get this uh, this guy, Jeff Loeb, who comes along and just writes this steaming pile. Uh, <laughs> but anybody who knows Jeff Loeb knows that he's been like a real huge mover and shaker in Marvel TV and movies and Marvel comics for a super long time. Um, you know, he's been the the mastermind behind a ton of, uh, you know, the the non-comic Marvel properties. But he's also written a, a lot of really interesting comics for Marvel, but also for DC, things like Batman the Long Halloween uh, and Batman the Haunted Night. And, you know, he got his start in Hollywood going by Joseph Loeb III uh, back in the 80s with uh, – I don't think he was the sole script writer, but, you know, he was involved in the scripts for things like Teen Wolf, uh, you know, another 80s classic that I'd love to talk about here on the show. And, of course, Commando, right? And and yep. and when I first heard about Jeff Loeb as a comic book writer, I want to say the first thing that I ever read or saw by him at, where I really recognized and paid attention to him as a writer was um, – he did a series of Marvel character like origin stories, right? It was like Daredevil Yellow and Hulk Gray and Spider-Man Blue. Oh, yeah. That sort of like color-coded series. I read a bunch of those, yeah. Yeah, and I think it was because of those that I thought, well, I like this guy. I don't love him, but I really like his approach to things. And then I went out and saw other stuff. You know, I'd heard about Batman the Hall, Long Halloween. Um, but after Ultimates 3, I was just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same, same. <I'm> good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, you screwed that. You screwed the pooch, buddy. That's too much. <laughs> oh, man, took it too far. Took it too far. Oh, gosh, it was it was bad. Anyway, we don't we don't got to we'll save a rental rant for bitching about the death of the <laughs> ultimate comics line over at Marvel. And what a what a terrible, terrible uh, atrocity <laughs> they turned that into. Um, exactly. But Commando Terminator 
80s seminal classics, uh, some of the early action uh, uh, vehicles for Arnold Schwarzenegger that really propelled him into superstar status after his breakout uh, starring role in the Conan movies, uh, right? Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. He follows up Conan with mm-hmm. the Terminator in, was it 1984? I gotta get the timeline right here. Eighty-four, eighty-five. Yeah, I can't remember. Let's say I should. I should have had this pulled up. But... <laughs> yeah, I got it it's right here. It's nineteen eighty-four. That's right. So he, and it really propels him into you know star status, really like A-list status as an action movie leading man. And uh, yeah, just looking at the timeline here, Arnold Schwarzenegger followed it up the very next year, nineteen eighty-five, with Commando, another you know, a uh, hit movie. And mm-hmm. one of those like sort of dumb action movies that actually had a really smart script. If you know, if you, if you look at it critically, it was really well done. It was a well-crafted uh, revenge slash damsel in distress story, you know, and, and those can, those can go, those, those can be clumsy. Like they can go bad, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, just giving, giving, you know, pissing off a guy, you know, giving him enough reason to just, you know, come after you the tried and true action movie trope. But I think commando did it in a pretty smart way. And we probably should, you know, back up here in a, in a minute and kind of go through, you know, the plot of, of those couple of movies. So we can kind of, we can explain how it is that we think we're going to be able to cross these two movies <laughs> over. Um, but yeah, Schwarzenegger followed up both of those with, um, was it, uh, well, Predator in 1987, I want to say that there was something in between, and now uh, I, I just had his filmography in front of me, and my computer decided not to work any longer, so we'll have to do it off the, off the cuff. But, you know, he did some, he did, like, Red Heat, and then eventually Total Recall, and he got into doing comedy in the the very early 90s with things like Twins and, you know, Kindergarten, Kindergarten Cop. Cop. Um, yeah, Raw Deal and The Running Man were the ones that I, I that I missed, so... Yeah, it was the Terminator, Commando, Raw Deal, Predator, The Running Man, Red Heat, before he gets into the comedies with Twins, then Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, and Terminator 2, Judgment Day. After that, you know, I think everyone knows uh, Arnie's uh, career, you know, his ups and his downs. But I think that that's just an absolutely stellar run of, of kick-ass action movies. Oh, God, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I mean... It, the the 80s were known for big action stars and i feel like arnie was leading the pack I yeah mean, big time oh. especially when you yeah <laughs> sorry. sorry yeah big time when you have uh you know you had stallone you know who yeah he was an action star because of the rambo movies but he didn't start off that way you know yeah. rocky was a much more you know of a sort of a family you know and personal drama you know sort of a cerebral movie even though it did have you know all, obviously all the boxing action but you know i've <laughs> we've mentioned on other episodes how that it becomes sort of a, a parody of itself after a right. couple of movies uh, but we, yeah, can't, we can't forget Cobra. Oh, Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> I love Cobra. I love That's Cobra so much. such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> totally underrated. Oh, I love Cobra. Um, yeah, but then you had guys like uh, Bruce Willis, you know, coming out of Die Hard. And I think he, he really, really pivoted into an action movie career after that. And I feel like he's been trying really hard for a long time to not be an action movie star. <laughs> <laughs> All the way yeah. back to things like Hudson Hawk, which I personally love. But, you know, it was oh. a big flop. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. He kind of came out more of a, a from a comedic standpoint before he got into the action stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to not put him in that same action camp as 
Stallone and Schwarzenegger because of the Die Hard films. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, just look at the Expendables, you know, franchise for for all those stars that started way, way back in the 80s, you know, and then the, the Jean, Jean Claude Van Damme and, and all of those guys. And of Dolph course, Lundgren. yeah, Dolph, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren and, uh, uh, you know, Chuck Norris, you know, that which, of course, is a, a little bit older than some of these guys. But yeah, in the 80s, I think everyone would agree was the absolute heyday of the over the top action flick. And there were some really amazing ones going into the 90s with like T2 and the latter part of the Lethal Weapon franchise. And, you know, that's just a bunch of them. But I think it's hard to argue that the 80s, you know, were not. It was just the pinnacle. It was the pinnacle of that of that genre. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned Lethal Weapon. That's another good example uh, of an action you know, movie franchise that started during that time. So anyway, I thought it would be cool. We've done a couple of movies in our storytelling series so far you know like we, we, we touched on the predator uh and of course uh, friday the 13th uh, as a franchise you know but we've done a couple of uh action or you know action related kind of uh properties you know street, street fighter i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh why i would love to return to war comedy like with our police academy episode and i would love to really get into a tv property which is something that we haven't really done you know so far uh despite mm -hmm. the premise of our show um but i have been and and you can attest this i've been bugging you since episode two to like hey we gotta do an action movie like a straight yes. up 80s like over the top explosions w too many bullets to count like bulging muscle fucking action movie <laughs> you know <Yep. laughs> um so here we are so mike how the hell uh, first of all, wh where did this idea come from? Why Commando? Why Terminator? <laughs> like, it, 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 was that a random pick or, you know, why those two movies to cross over? Honestly, I feel like it was random because I remember we were going through our uh, our list because uh, a little behind the scenes, listeners, we have a list of various properties we would love to do stuff with. And Commando is on that list. And I remember mentioning we should do something with Commando because both of us grew up loving that film. And even though I had been prior to recording this, I hadn't watched it in about 12, 13 years. Uh, I watched it the other night and I still loved it just as much as I did as a kid. So that movie, to me, it holds up. It's 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 comfort food. It's a lot of fun. So we brought it up on one of uh, like one of the episodes, I believe, after we were done recording. And somehow Terminator got mentioned in that conversation and you casually joked, we should cross them over. And I was like, dude, yes, we should. <laughs> because it it's one of those things where in comic books, this happens all the time. Mm -hmm. You take your, your biggest heroes, your biggest characters, and you smash them together and see if they work like peanut butter and jelly. You know, it's just like, do they go together? Let's see. I mean, you got shit like Darth Vader fighting aliens. I mean, it's <laughs> it, there's so much good shit out there like that. We don't see that a lot in film because, again, we, we all understand this, but due to licensing rights, it's very hard to smash properties together. You occasionally get it with a Freddy versus Jason, you know, or a, a Godzilla versus King Kong. But it's it's a it's mm -hmm. a very long process. So we're just going to forget that process exists altogether and just say, fuck it. Yeah, it was the 80s. Everyone was coked up and action was king. <laughs> Let's just run with it. Heck yeah. So, heck yeah. The concept that I have, I, I, it's a very, very, very basic concept. But at the end of Commando, um, 
it's basically made known that Matrix is always going to be a wanted man. Like, he's pissed off a lot of people. And, uh, oh, God, what was his name? General um, Kirby. Kirby, thank you. I couldn't. I was like, I know it's a comic thing. But I can't <laughs> think of it. Uh, yeah, General Kirby even tells him, like, you know, we can we can get your troop back together. Basically, he wants him, at, you know, active military again so he can not only help protect him, but so Matrix can, you know, do his thing and kill the bad guys. Um, and, and Matrix is like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> you know, he takes his daughter, Jenny, and his girlfriend now? I never understood, like, Cindy's like, oh, you took me captive. I love you now. <laughs> you yeah, know? it was a weird, like, Stockholm Syndrome situation. <laughs> yeah. There. They just get in their little pontoon boat and fly away. Or pontoon plane and fly away. So it's like, it's left uh, up to the viewer to to understand that, like, Matrix is always going to have to deal with this stuff. And we end Terminator 1 with Sarah Connor knowing that the the future is not set in stone, but she has to prepare her son for what's coming. There will be a future war. The the machines will rise, you know, and, and basically bad shit going to happen to mankind. Um, mm-hmm. So one thing I found interesting is that Sarah Connor, she goes to Mexico at the end of part one. And we, we find out more in mm-hmm. part two that she that she lived in Mexico for a long time. We find out there that not only did she train extensively with different types of armaments and learned how to make different types of like weapons and explosives and all that, um, but she had her son there. So technically, John Connor's Mexican. I find that interesting. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying he was born in Mexico. Um, but who taught her all that stuff? So my concept here is that mm. Matrix and Jenny were like, fuck it. We're going to leave the country. They go into hiding in Mexico and they end up, you know, they make their friends and all that. And maybe their neighbor in the little area that they live is one Sarah Connor. Oh, OK. And okay. maybe Matrix is like, you know, maybe Jenny takes a liking to her. Like she's she's, you know, this cool younger lady. And at this point, Jenny would be a little bit older teenager. Um, so it's just kind of one of those, like, she doesn't really have a lot of friends down there. There's this cool neighbor lady. She likes her a lot, you know, gets talking to her all the time. Matrix gets to know her and maybe he shows her a couple things, like shows her some self-defense because she's on her own. And before you know it, he's training her on how to shoot different rifles and how to shoot different guns and, you know, teaching her how to make explosives. (laughs) Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Okay. So, So yeah. So we have basically Matrix, uh, helping out Sarah Connor and we're going to have a Terminator show up. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, I can. Okay. I got some ideas. I got some ideas. <laughs> yeah, All right. Good. Cool, cool. All right. We got the, you know, we haven't used our, our, our sort of uh catchphrase or whatever metaphor about like the light bulbs going off in like a little while, but you know, we're getting there. I, I can see that the dimmer light is going up, you know, the dimmer switch. <laughs> right, right. Um, so Okay, I think we have a pretty good premise. Uh, I like the idea that we just kind of, you know, let's just jump right into it. But I do want to back up just a little bit, uh, just for for anybody who hasn't, you know, seen the movies or is listening to this because they enjoy the show but don't necessarily want to go back and watch a movie, you know, from 1985, uh, right. like Commando, you know, which, you know, let, let's be honest, isn't quite as popular as something like Terminator. So just for the sake of anyone, you know, who isn't, uh, familiar. I just want to do a quick run through of you know the plot of these two movies, and then we'll end up exactly you know where you said, and then we'll kind of pick up from there. 
in well no let's start with the terminator so terminator comes out in 1984 and i think the the premise of terminator is pretty familiar to anyone even if you haven't seen the movie just the general the general concept but yes the uh in the future <laughs> the year 2029 <laughs> which mm-hmm. as my daughter pointed out is not that far in the future now uh yeah. 2029 there is a war between humans and you know machines or you know, artificial intelligence in general uh run by uh, the you know computer brain or uh known as skynet so it's a battle of like man versus machine the the machine side they have these uh different types of what they call infiltrators that are you know cyborgs or robots and you know one of those types of infiltrators is a uh, a, a line or a model uh, series of uh killer uh, cyborgs called the terminators that are a robotic uh you know endoskeleton covered with you know organic material and they get the computer ai gets the brilliant idea i guess i don't know gets the idea <laughs> that if that the best way to not lose this fight against the humans that they were clearly losing at the time based on uh, a dialogue from uh, the Kyrie's character is to send one of their terminators back in time to the eighties to kill Sarah Connor, who uh, turns out will be the mother of John Connor, who is the leader of the human resistance. Right. So they think the only way to stop this, the only way to win the war is to prevent it from ever happening in the first place and just, you know, winning it outright because John Connor doesn't exist. So they want to kill or terminate Sarah Connor back in 1984. And then the human resistance sends Kyle Reese, uh, John Connor's like second in command or whatever, sends him back in time as well. You know, he protects he protects Sarah Connor, uh, dies in the process. Uh, falls in love with and impregnates Sarah Connor. The movie ends with her surviving the Terminator battle, proving that she's, you know, sort of a badass uh, and 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 can fight really fight for herself, you know, and has has a good one liner at the end. Takes down the the killer cyborg, and <laughs> yep. then, in, like as you mentioned, you know, she sort of drives off into Mexico pregnant, and you know, narrating to her son, but also to the audience about you know the, the uncertain future. Um, and this movie, you know, obviously launched Arnold Schwarzenegger's career and his I'll be back <laughs> uh, yep. catch catchphrase <laughs> originated uh, in Terminator. The very next year, he does he, in 1985, he does Commando, uh, also starring Radon Chong uh, as the um, the Cindy you mentioned and Alyssa Milano as uh, Jenny. Uh, so Schwarzenegger plays uh, John Matrix. He's, uh, I guess, special forces, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, he's basically like a. Uh, a military badass who had, who at some point in the in the past had a, a like a crack team uh, of of commandos that worked for him, and now they're all in hiding, probably under assumed names, and someone starts killing them all, and then you know comes for him, and or or we or so we think, uh, and. Fast forward a little bit, turns out that, you know, one of his former soldiers, a guy named Bennett, had teamed up with uh, a deposed president in some country called Valverde, and they want to use – they kidnap – John Matrix's daughter Jenny to use her as leverage because they want to force uh, Matrix to, you know, basically invade Valverde, take down the the current president, put the former presidente, you know, back in charge, uh, and then, you know, and Bennett 
thinks that he can, you know, c- control uh, this asset. Uh, but uh, they are all sorely, sorely mistaken as John Matrix decides almost from the get go that he's going to, you know, break free, uh, kill all of Bennett's men and one by one by one and come for that motherfucker, <laughs> yep. uh, which he does, you know, teaming up with or kidnapping and then teaming up with uh, Ray, uh, Cindy, who is a, a flight attendant who then, you know, helps him to gather an arsenal and fly to Valverde, where he invades this island nation as a one man army. <laughs> And just kills every last motherfucker in that in that place. <laughs> one one thing I I really ahead. want to comment on. I'm sorry, but Dan Hedaya as a villain, I just I can't take seriously. <laughs> like every time I see him, I'm like, come on, you're Carla's husband. Stop it. Well, what's funny for me is when I recently rewatched Commando for this show as like research, I had just rewatched Clueless the day before where Dan Hedaya <laughs> plays yes. Alicia Silverstone or Cher's dad, you know, who's this, uh, uh, you know, lawyer. But, you know, of course, it's a comedy, right? So it's like seeing this guy who literally just argues for a living and then to do this really terrible, uh, you know, pseudo, you know, oh, Latin American God. accent. That accent. Just, it was so bad. President Balasquez. <laughs> I know. It's like, that's what I thought, too. Like, you can't even, like, pretend to pronounce the words right. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Like, again, I, I, I will say I fucking love Commando. Like, I love Commando. I, I have a blast every time I watch it. But, my God, there are so many laugh-out-loud moments. Like, I think if I didn't grow up loving that movie, if I were to just watch it as an adult with fresh eyes... I would have been like picking that movie apart. <laughs> oh yeah. There are so many bad cheesy one liners, but I love them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, it's so stupid. Yeah. Commando, you know, commando is it's, I hate to, to, you know, to perpetuate the stereotype, but it's like a man movie, you know, yeah. and cause it's, it's just like, you know, a guy has a, has an excuse to go on like a revenge safari and just kill <laughs> a bunch of motherfuckers, you know, with like his bare hands. <laughs> and it uses video game logic where it's like every, anybody who has ever played an action video game from the eighties or nineties knows that feeling of being the one man killing machine where you're just like, running through a gauntlet like in contra you're just yeah. running through a gauntlet and like gunning motherfuckers down as like they're flipping out of the jungle and like dropping from the sky and you're just dodging bullets left and right like completely untouchable and matrix does that where he's literally running around the compound and like dudes are running out of buildings left and right machine guns in hand and he's just walking around one-handed holding an m60 mind you one-handed <laughs> And he's just mowing motherfuckers down. No bullets are touching him. He's grabbing, like, knives from his back and flinging them in people's faces. Like, it's absolutely bonkers, but it's fun as hell. It really is. And he you gets to use the I'll be back one-liner as a, yep. as a different character. You know, Schwarzenegger <laughs> as a different character. Um, and, and I thought it's an interesting piece of trivia that I think we should work in here somehow that Bill Paxton is in both of these movies in very small roles as well. Yes. All right. Bill Paxton plays like a punk who gets beat up by uh, the naked Terminator freshly from the future at the beginning of yep. Terminator, obviously. And then he plays like a Coast Guard officer uh, near the end of Commando, you know, trying to tell Matrix and Cindy that they have to land their illegally flying plane. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. Like I would be. It would 
be cool if we could somehow make it that that's the same person, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he like, lost his job and. <laughs> well, like, well, like maybe, you know, maybe he was like in the Coast Guard, but like, you know, he was like on shore leave and he's like this, you know, punk rock guy hanging out with his boys, like, you know, putting, you know, terrible temporary blue hair dye and like spiking up his hair, going out and like looking for a fight. <laughs> and then he gets, gets like his ass handed to him. And so he goes back to the Coast Guard and, he, and now he's just like, I got to get my life together. I got to like try real hard. I got to get promoted, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then well, when we see him in commando he's just like you know nope nope nose to the grindstone i ain't fucking around anymore <laughs> right. I, that dude kicked the shit out of me i'm not doing that again yeah, <laughs> i learned my lesson yes sir <laughs> sir yes sir <laughs> I, I will say and I, I mean most people listening to this probably already know but he's he's also the only person to ever be killed by well t- technically killed by a terminator because we don't see him get killed we see uh what's his nuts um the, the bad guy from cobra yeah, who's yeah all, exactly I, I always think of okay. see, this. This screwed me up. Listening to Film Sack, the one guy referred to him as muscle cheeks, and I can never unhear that. <laughs> he said, like, his cheeks just look really muscular. <laughs> and they it cracked do. me up. And it was like, so now in my head, he's muscle cheeks. But, um, yeah, we see him get killed. And I want to say Bill Paxton gets knocked the fuck out, but... I, I can't remember if he dies now. I, I wasn't paying that close attention. Yeah, um, yeah it's fine. He, he survived it. Whatever it is, he yeah. survived it. <laughs> but he's the only one to go up against a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was going to say, yeah, he was in Alien, too. I, I, I would, if it wasn't so far in the future, I'd be like, we got to work that in here somehow. Because <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> yeah. uh, Brian Thompson is muscle cheeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <sighs> muscle cheeks. <laughs> The, the other great description was like they were talking about him saying that, you know, it looks like someone drew like a really like accurate, good muscle, like muscular man and then just fucked up the perspective on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. They're like part of it's like too close. Yeah, you're right. Gosh. You know, and, I, and I'm just, just looking at his filmography now, Brian Thompson, because I'm like, he's one of those guys that I recognize him from just being in all those 80s movies. But I'm like, but which ones exactly? Oh, yeah. Dude and I'm like, a ton of stuff. Well, and now I'm looking at this going, yeah, so the one, yeah, he's in, yeah, he's in a shitload of things. But for me personally, uh, Alien Nation, which to me is a is a oh. grossly, grossly underappreciated, like, 80s, like, sci-fi masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he was also in Lionheart, like, not a masterpiece. <laughs> right. <laughs> but a movie that I've seen a bunch of times. And, one of the, again, you know, there's there's the Jean-Claude Van Damme connection as well. But, yeah, I think Lionheart's probably the one I would know him the, from the most outside of Cobra, where he's a, he's a scary dude in Cobra. Yeah. Man. C- Cobra is the one that always sticks in my head. And then, unfortunately, probably the worst thing he's ever made always sticks in my head, which is Mortal Kombat Annihilation, where he played <laughs> Shao Kahn. Oh, um, but the other one is he's, about in, that. he's in Fright Night 2. He's the bug eater in Fright Night 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all. You're right. And I'm just looking at something. Apparently, he's in Three Amigos, too. But I don't know. He must be some like random guy in the background or something, because I don't think he has any like lines or anything. Or I, I would have recognized him. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, we, Brian Thompson, we're doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. We're doing, we're doing that thing. I know. Like, he's one of these like guys where it's like, yeah, like, why didn't, why didn't that guy do more? You know, like, like I'm glad to see Cole Hauser is is like doing more things now. Like he's on Yellowstone, I think. Um, but he was always one of those actors in Hollywood. And I'm like, why isn't this guy do more? Like he's really cool. He's a great action star. Um, but anyway, that's that's just my personal take on it. Yeah. Back to the back to the topic at hand. So yeah, so Terminator. Then we have Commando. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. John Matrix. Um, 
he gets you know Jenny rescues Jenny and and takes down uh, all these uh, these jerks in in this little island nation of Val Verde kills Bennett yeah <laughs> let off some steam Bennett <laughs> he throws a pipe oh god he somehow throws a pipe through the chainmail vest that he's wearing <laughs> which I never noticed before like I knew he yeah. had that terrible chainmail vest on Bennett does but then I always thought yeah well of course you know if Schwarzenegger throws like a metal pipe at you it's gonna go through you like a knife through butter <laughs> like harpoon yeah. exactly right but i'm like wait he threw it through the chainmail vest <laughs> you know what how, how does that work one thing i want to comment on that you know i i feel like is sorely lacking from modern cinema is back in the 80s you could be a villain with a dad bod like <laughs> you could be a big scary villain with yep. a gut like you could, yep. could look like fucking Captain Lou Albano and be intimidating. Like, because like look at Vernon Wells. Like Vernon Wells, first of all, dude is nuts. Like every time he plays a villain, he's just he goes all in. He's just like I'ma be crazy and I'ma have fun. But he's got like he's wearing chainmail. He's got a little bit of a gut. He looks like someone that would go to a Judas Priest concert. You know, like he's <laughs> kind of has that look going on. And then, I mean, you got like Dan Hadaya, who looks like somebody's uncle. Like, just <laughs> he does. And, like all of these guys, and this, and this is a constant in '80s films. Like, they, they just they look like dudes. Like, look at freaking RoboCop. Um, I always forget his name, but guy who plays Red in that '70s show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt, what's his name? Um, what is his name? Oh, Kurt, Kurt something. Oh god, yeah. yeah I gotta but, look like, it up now. Yeah, he's I mean, he's balding and just like schlubby and he's like this badass. So it's just I miss that about 80s films where <laughs> any old dude could just be like the scariest motherfucker in the room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kurtwood Smith, that's his name. Kurtwood Kurt Smith. Smith, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think that that's just in general, like there was more like regular looking people, uh, you know, cast. Like you mentioned Robocop and it's like, you know, Miguel Ferrer isn't anything, you know, like special. Mm -hmm. Like he's just a regular looking dude, you know, um, Nancy Allen, same thing. Like and that's a really interesting choice, too, because if they made like made Robocop now and even when they did remake Robocop, it's like, you know, every woman in the movie, even like the tough, badass, you know, police officer would be, you know, just stupidly like unrealistically like hot. But like, yeah, not not the Nancy. Allen isn't hot like not that she's not attractive but like she's a regular looking person like she's not yeah. like a like a like a uh, you know some kind of a caricature like you get in a lot of movies especially action movies where it's like you know everybody you know like because everyone knows that the that the stereotype of like a woman in an action movie is like for some reason she's wearing like a chainmail you know uh, bikini <laughs> over her like double d's you know right right <laughs> like, and uh, but yeah, but I feel like back then there was like so many like regular looking people cast that it was way more believable. And we mentioned that in like the like the Alien versus Predator, you know, crossover movies that like everyone just looks like they're like there's some like, you know, pretty looking frosted tip teenager from like the CW, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like whatever happened to just like regular looking people. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, OK, look, look at people like Bill Duke, like Bill Duke. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Dude's a fucking badass. But he looks like just a regular dude that's tall and kind of built. Like, he doesn't look like mm -hmm. he's a bodybuilder, but he looks fucking badass in every movie he's in. You know, it's like Bill Duke in, in Commando was amazing. Bill Duke in Predator was amazing. You know, same thing with freaking, um, oh, God, what was his name? The guy who gets his neck snapped on the plane. Uh, hold on, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Charles oh. Meshack is the actor. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah, just a regular looking guy. He's just big. Like, he's just tall. And, like, that was the intimidation factor, you know? But then you got Weasley-looking dudes like David Patrick, or David Patrick <laughs> Kelly, uh, Sully. Sully, you know? yeah, exactly. And it's like, he's, for some reason, he's been intimidating every time he's a villain. <laughs> like, in The Warriors, it's like, ah, dude's creepy. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what it is, too? And I, I, I think we're going down, you know, this path too far. we got to get yeah, back yeah. to, to yeah, our crossover get... here. But I think the point is that, like, would, I feel like there it used to be a more of a trend to just cast, you know, the person who was going to deliver the most uh, memorable and intense performance. And it didn't really matter so much. Like, I don't think looks yeah. mattered as much in, as it did more and more into like the 90s and into the early 2000s when, you know, suddenly it's like everyone has to look like a model all the time. You know, for me, the example that I always give, and it, it's ironic because of like the title of the show is on MTV's The Real World. Right. Mm-hmm. Look, if if you're if you're anyone is familiar with that show, but especially if you look at like back in the 90s when it first started, the people who were on the first like, say, you know, three, maybe as many as the first, as the first five seasons, they were totally like normal looking people. And that was that was the point, like the average yeah. Joe, like they might have like an interesting job or be, be maybe kind of well known in their field for this or that. And there were some people on there, you know, who went on to, you know, they took those careers like Judd Winnick, you know, who went on to do like bigger and better things. And, uh, you know, some of those people, you know, they were interesting people because they had an interesting job or an interesting personality or an interesting background, but they were like totally normal looking people. But, right. and then as the show progressed, it became more and more and more of like, just cast like the hottest, most cut, you know, biggest, like sexiest people possible. And they were fucking like brainless twits half the time because they weren't <laughs> casting interesting people. They were casting pretty people. Right. That's just fucking annoying. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So we're unless we can save that for a rental rent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So okay. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm just gonna throw. I'm just gonna throw it out here at the beginning because I wanted to see if we can work it in. Now my approach to this is that if we're gonna do this crossover, we got to do it in the '80s or at, at, in the era. I'll say that right in the Absolutely. era. Absolutely. Um, so looking at, you know, Schwarzenegger's filmography again, like we just talked about, you know, after he does, you know, Predator in, uh, 87, um, let me see here. So he does Predator in 87, then it was what Red Heat, uh, no, Running Man after that, Red Heat, and then Twins in 88 and Total Recall in 1990, Kindergarten Cop T2. So I think we need to do this before T2, preferably before he gets really into the, you know, the comedy in like his, you know, personal career. And he was pretty much doing like pretty much a movie or more a year for most of the eighties and nineties, uh, you know, Conan, the destroyer and the Terminator in 84, you know, for example, predator and the running man in 87, but he didn't have a movie in 1989. Um, so I think we could do something like that where let's jump ahead a couple of years, right. And yeah. specifically, you know, uh, between commando and 1989 would be a four year difference. Uh, but you know, whatever, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be exactly on the nose, but just skip ahead a couple of years, a few years. Yep. And we, we squeeze it into the eighties before T2 when the Terminator as we know him, the the, the uh, 800 series Terminator is still like the scary villain bad guy, right? Um, yeah. Before he does the the face turn in Terminator 2, right? And uh, it sort yeah. of becomes the protector. Um, and I personally have not seen any of the Terminator movies after Part 3, Rise of the Machines. 
And <laughs> while you were haranguing me, you know, uh, prior <laughs> to the show, about oh, dude, I can't believe you haven't seen like Dark Fate. And I'm like, I get it, right? I totally want to see him. But yep. now I'm kind of glad that I didn't because I don't want any knowledge of where that series went to color like this sequel here. Like yeah. knowing knowing that T2 and Rise of the Machines have to happen, cool, we can work that in. But I don't really want to, want to know where it goes because I don't want to be influenced by anything that may have been added to the mythology. Well, and that's that's the thing. I feel we need to make this uh, with the knowledge of what was out at the time. And at the time, we only had Terminator 1. So our knowledge of the Terminator, there wasn't a franchise, but our knowledge of the Terminator mythos was simply, you know, bomb drops in 87 or was it 97? Um, and then the future war happens in 2029 or whatever, where there's the resistance band led by John Connor, yada, yada, yada. So all we know is that Sarah Connor has to protect John Connor so he can be the leader of the human resistance in the future and try to help win the war. That's that's really all the mythology we knew. We didn't know anything about like variant timelines or any nonsense like that that happens in the future uh, in the future films. So there wasn't even Terminator 2 yet. So we didn't even have the idea that a Terminator could be reprogrammed. So it was literally just mm-hmm. Terminator bad guy, Sarah Connor good guy. <laughs> like, yeah, and exactly. I, and I feel like that's all we really need for for this kind of crossover deal. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the other thing I wanted to throw out there again, just to put it out here right now, um, is I'm sh- I think it's in one of the future movies. You tell me because I haven't seen them, so I'm this, I'm not. But I I heard from somebody telling me about one of the movies uh, that the Schwarzenegger uh, or that the appearance of the T-800, the Schwarzenegger appearance of that particular cyborg is based on like a human person that looked like Schwarzenegger or was maybe perhaps played by Schwarzenegger. Uh, Right. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but I kind of like the idea and I think it works here because what I'm going to say is what if the T-800 was based on matrix specifically I like that much better (laughs) because yes, they did do that in one of the uh, future films as a kind of gag at, uh, at the end. And uh, it was, it's just, it's the dumbest gag because it's like Schwarzenegger plays this like mousy scientist and it's like Schwarzenegger playing this character. (laughs) And they're like, you know, they made, they modeled it to look like the scientist. And then they're like, you know, he needs a different voice. And then, like, some other dude comes out with Schwarzenegger's voice. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, God. yeah. It's like, oh, dude, why? It's so dumb. <laughs> so. Yeah, okay. I'm glad I didn't see that because that sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking more along the lines of, like, well, what if there was, like, a real-life person that was basically a Terminator in real life? Right. And and Skynet, like, had, you know, some records or whatever of this person. And when they were designing their, like, T-800 series, they were, like, they were thinking, well, you know, let's, you know, if, we, if we're going to create this this killer cyborg robot that can that's gigantic and can do anything, it has to look human. So, like, let's base it on humans that actually look like this. You know, it'll be more believable that way. Like, because it won't be some, you know, eight foot tall Frankenstein. It'll be like, no, no, like, this was a real person, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, who better to base it on than Matrix, who, because of this crossover, Skynet will have had a record of this person at some point in the past, like kicking a Terminator's ass. <laughs> well, well, not only that, but you figure is Skynet probably used like military information to like build and train 
their the you know their their army mm-hmm. and you figure okay if if matrix was like this super well-known like uh special forces guy that like all of the u.s government was like trying to get back on their on their team and you know world governments uh, all over hated him for various <laughs> missions like i feel like matrix would there would be a record you know yeah. so skynet would be like yeah that one <laughs> you know like he's the super soldier base it on him yeah exactly so when you said this is when this is the light bulb that went off because so when we started talking, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had watched Commando, watched Terminator, re- rewatched them, you know, for like the hundredth time or whatever, just right. to get some some of the details down. Like, okay, because I had actually kind of forgotten that Commando, or, or I should say Matrix, that he had like his little team that he worked with before. Like, I knew that he had some like other guys that were being like assassinated at the beginning of the movie, but I had kind of forgotten. It was like, oh, okay, so he was the leader of that team. Uh, in much the way that uh, Schwarzenegger's character Dutch is like the leader of a special forces team in Predator, yes. um, right? So okay, so that's kind of an interesting thing. So you mentioned, well, what if Sarah Connor is in Mexico and she like meets Jenny and ends up like training with Matrix? Well, I, I, I love this idea, but allow me to change the the beginning of it if you don't mind. Um, sure, go for it. So what I'm thinking is, what if Sarah Connor she goes to Mexico just because? She just she just wants to get out of the U.S. because she's thinking we don't we don't we never get her reasoning for it in the original Terminator movie. Um, you know, we learn more in T2 later on. But at the end of Terminator, like she just drives to Mexico. We're like, OK, like she's just leaving. But what if it was because she was just I don't need to live in a city where my name is in the phone book. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that, that's just, literally she's going into hiding. Back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So she goes into hiding. We fast forward a couple of years and we see she's living, you know, she's living in Mexico or even in Central America somewhere. You know, she's she and um, but we can keep it in Mexico and we see her like just living her life. But, you know, she's spending her time, you know, at like, at the gun range or in like martial arts classes or whatever. Like she's she's trying to train herself, but she's kind of on her own. And, you know, maybe she's starting starting to become more and more like lonely, like missing, you know, her friends like Ginger, you know, and Kyle and whatever. And so, yeah, so it's maybe she start for the first time in a long time. She's like trying to socialize a little bit more. And so one of these times while she's out socializing, she sees Matrix like in a crowd somewhere, like in a restaurant or whatever. And it's that same moment where we see later on in T2 when she first sees Schwarzenegger in the hospital, like in the in the uh, the psych ward, where ah, she just okay. freaks out. Like she falls on the ground and freaks out because she thinks it's the Terminator. So what if she sees Matrix just like in the crowd and she just freaks out and she thinks it's the Terminator? So she goes off to like – now she's like, oh, fuck, he found me. And she's like prepping for war, right? But this time instead of running, she's going to like take the battle to what she thinks is the Terminator, so, you know, she goes all like guns blazing, like she's going to like invade his like little wherever his like wherever his little hideout house is where he's living with Cindy and Jenny. So she's like scoping the place out kind of like she did with uh, what's the guy from Skynet? The, the, oh, uh, the uh, Dyson, Dyson, uh, Miles Dyson. Yeah, Miles Dyson. Yeah. And especially especially in the in the deleted scenes from T2 where she like really scopes out like Dyson's house, like she goes there to like, you know, get him. Uh, yeah. So she does. So she does that to Matrix's house. And she goes to, like, invade the place. But, like, Matrix, he's better than her, smarter than her. Like, he saw her coming from a thousand, you know, from a mile away. You know what I mean? So he's just going about his business, waiting for whatever she's going to do. She comes, like, blazing in the back door thinking she's going to, like, you know, catch him unawares, you know, and blast him away. And she, she, you know... 
bangs in the door and Jenny's just standing there like, can I help you? And then like Matrix comes up behind her and like just disarms her in like a couple of like quick swift motions of like, you know, who are you? Why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. You know? Right, right. <laughs> and it's like, to them, it's like no big deal. You know, they're like lemonade, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and so we can we can get this really cool like little in, action scene introduction to oh Sarah Connor's kind of badass now a couple of years yeah. in the future you know like she's she's on her you know she's toughened up but then you know but Matrix is also a badass and we get to see that because he's like effortlessly badass you know right. and I think that would be a really cool way to introduce these two characters and then we can have them talk okay um yeah uh, all right see I wasn't I wasn't thinking that that she was already on her badass bent so that. That's cool. Uh, that uh, that definitely changes things up a little bit. So what if? Okay, we, we in T two. It's been a while since I've watched T two, so uh, I think you've seen it more recently than I have. Mm-hmm. There didn't she have like? I know she had like some friends down there that were like watching her guns for her because they go and like yeah. arm up. So what if like some of some of these friends that she has like they're you know they're watching John for her all that and they're the ones that were helping her like with the gunnery range and all that. Um, so we kind of almost have like a little team cause we're going, we're going to need fodder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we have like, maybe it's, maybe it's as simple as like a, a little, like there's like a little trailer park or something where like everybody there kind of has like a little bit of some kind of training for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're all there for like, you know, they're either on the run or had some bad shit happen or, you know, whatever. So just everybody there that like, let's just say like, there's like seven or eight people. They're all going to be kind of badass. Because we, we want to have like a little a little team that can actually fight back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we have uh, you know we have her kind of being f- forcibly explained to you know to to Matrix or by Matrix that you know they're, she's not going to harm them, <laughs> you know because he disarmed her. Yeah, but uh, you well, know me- oh good. I was gonna say well, let me let me jump in here real quick because yeah you did mention about her not being so badass and 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 maybe okay yeah back it up again. Maybe she's not. Maybe it, it wasn't so much that she was going in there like she's going to like, you know, uh, invade the place and take him down. Or maybe she just followed him home. Maybe she got scared, freaked out, went home, had a couple of drinks. And then she was like, no, look, I'm not going to be, you know, the damsel in distress anymore. I'm not going to run away again. And so she like maybe she's not you know, going in because she's all paramilitary at this point. But maybe she's just going to like scope him out, follow him home, do some recon, figure out like who is this guy? Like why is he, you know, he's a, he's a Terminator, but he's living with these two women. And like, what's what's the deal? And right. then. You know, while she's like, you know, while she's scoping him out, maybe, you know, she, she just hears Jenny behind her like, can I help you? <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. You know, like like they all saw her come in, you know, like like I said, but maybe not like with guns, but just like with binoculars, you know, and then they invite her in. And, uh, you know, she's obviously going to have to get over her like terrifying fear of, you know, the Matrix as a person. But she's going to figure out pretty quickly that like he's a regular dude and like and it's going to be curious enough to calm down and like hear the story. And yeah, maybe then like she can try to explain, you know, as crazy as it's going to be, but, you know, explain like why she's down there. Like maybe maybe she doesn't say right away that, you know, it's a machine. Maybe mm-hmm. she says there was someone that tried to kill her. So, you know, she fled to Mexico with her son, you know, and, and basically maybe maybe she explains to Matrix like you look just like him. It's uncanny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so, something like that where she's not showing her full hand just yet. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, it sounds lun- it sounds like lunacy. You know, there there is a robot yeah. from the future sent to kill my baby. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, you know, and hey, maybe Matrix has like grown a beard at this point, and maybe you know, like 
maybe that'll kind of throw off the the similarity in appearance just enough where she was like, okay, no, I got to figure out, like, I'm going to follow this guy home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she'll have her little panic moment and then be like, Is, was it him? Was it really him? You know, um, what movie did he have a beard in? Um, man, I can't think what movie was that where he was like, oh, man, that's going to bug me now. I've seen, I'm picturing Schwarzenegger with a beard, but okay, whatever. <laughs> getting, yeah, no, I, I'm, get, I'm trying to picture that. Getting uh, off track now. Um, but yeah, oh, I think so, it, was, it was the oh, it was the beginning of Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, I haven't seen that in forever. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, continue. <laughs> so, uh, I feel like at this point, like once we get the introductions, like because we're gonna have this happen like right in the beginning of the movie, you know, we're we're gonna maybe maybe follow Sarah Connor, she'll see Matrix, um, she'll follow him, like she'll she'll do what she said, like she she's kind of freaking out, she wants to know what's going on, she follows him. You know, yada, yada, yada. We introduce Jenny and Matrix. And I mean, would Cindy still be there? Like, you know, I, I question, would she be like still hooked up with Matrix or if, after the excitement of invading <laughs> a small nation would die down? And yeah. she'd be like, I got to get my life back together. Get away from me. <laughs> you know. But well, yeah, 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 you're probably right. Yeah, I would definitely. <laughs> quit. <laughs> you know, the, the Stockholm syndrome would have worn off at that point. <laughs> right. So let's just say it's it's Jenny and Matrix once again. And, you know, so we we introduce all those characters. We get them to know each other. That's like in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Now let's cut. I, I don't know if we want to cut somewhere in the desert or, or some other area. You know, we see the lightning start. We see the bubble appear. We see Schwarzenegger as the T-800, you know, appear. And st- yeah, let's have it like in the desert, just like in the middle of the fucking mm-hmm. desert. And just because that would be like such a terrifying, like villainous look to just see, you know, fucking intimidating naked Arnie walking through the desert. At the <laughs> like, oh, shit, he coming. Um, and then, of course, like we, we could do the the tried and true trope of him either finding like a biker bar or some some kind of thing where he, he gets clothes, obviously gets a weapon. Um, I don't know if we want to do a bar because they, they've done that in like every fucking Terminator movie. Um Hell, maybe. Oh, good. You're gonna say no. You're good. You finished. I say maybe he just like walks into town naked and like <laughs> just breaks into a store and starts taking what he wants. I, I don't know. Like we do, we do need to get him clothed and armed though. Yeah, I agree. I, well, I, I can't picture Sarah like living anywhere like super populous. Like it can't be a big city. It, you know, it, it can't be one of these big touristy resorts. It, you know, and I can't see Matrix wanting to hide out in a place like that either. So it's got to be kind of somewhere you know out of the way. You know, right. maybe maybe you know near the ocean, just because it would be you know scenically interesting for a movie. You know, um, well, according to Terminator Two, it was was a Baja, Mexico. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Baja is interesting because there is a lot of desert there, but it's also because it's that like long, skinny peninsula. It's yeah. also pretty close to you know the the water in a lot of places. You know, and, and I've been to Baja once. Um, I, I did go to one of those like you know resorts like where all the tourists go on a on a work trip. Um, right. But yeah, it was there was like I could definitely picture it's it's you know desert and scrubland and then like big city ocean. You know, all kind of together so yeah there right. could be some some little village somewhere maybe that's all it is he just walks out of the, uh, the the desert you know naked and walks into this little village you know maybe not to a bar but you know he just walks up somewhere and sees some clothes and starts taking what he wants and you know there's some 
you know, locals there that are like, hey, you know, gringo, whatever, you know, and, right. you know, and he, and it, because it's a small town, he just like kills a couple people. Maybe it's this time, you know, like, like in the Terminator where it's like nighttime, you know, and it's like, not, maybe not everyone's awake. So he doesn't like, you know, alert the whole town, but enough, enough where he can kill a couple people, get a cool action sequence out of it, you know, steal some clothes and, you know, whatever. And in the first Terminator, he was dressed like a punk. In the second Terminator, we saw him dressed as a biker. But at this point, T2 hasn't happened yet. So, you know, we could right. come up with some, some interesting evolution from like the, uh, the corner. Uh, you know, punk gear. <laughs> you know, right. so, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure what he what he would be wearing, but you know, something that would make him look tough. I, I mean, in both movies, he has a, like a leather jacket on in scenes, so you know, yeah, <laughs> got to have like that. You know, you got to have leather jacket. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, so Terminator gets geared up, so the audience now knows, like, oh shit, there's a fucking Terminator coming. Um, you know, maybe maybe just have it as simple as like, maybe he doesn't have a vehicle, maybe he's just walking. Like, you know, Ooh, yeah. I, again, I find that terrifying that like th- this. I know this is a, a very controversial take, but uh, it follows as one of my favorite horror movies of the last 10 years. <laughs> and the thing I find so terrifying is it's always coming after you. Like, it doesn't matter that it's moving slow. It's always coming. And I feel like the Terminator is that kind of thing. Like, it's always coming for you. Well, um, that, that's what and, makes Jason Voorhees so scary. Exactly. It just well. And with the Terminator, like he don't. He don't need to sleep or rest. He's just always moving. Like that's just ugh, that's terrifying. But um, but unlike RoboCop, he doesn't need to eat, which is odd because he still has organic tissue. So anyway, <laughs> well we saw. Well, I just noticed in rewatching Terminator earlier today, actually, because I, I had forgotten that he, his organics actually start to rot in that first movie. Um, yeah. We don't see we don't see that in T two, but that's kind of interesting. I wonder if that was because he was like wounded and injured or if that's just like the natural cycle of like the 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 you know the bio the organic parts of him just don't last that long um i mean well again because with terminator one there wasn't the mythology set up yet but with the the following films they they kind of do uh talk about how it it is living tissue it is organic tissue that does age and and you know it it can get damaged it can heal but you know, if it gets too damaged, like there's nothing they can do. Mm-hmm. So like, I think with Terminator one, like it was because he got too damaged and it was like, he had to do repairs to the, to the endoskeleton. Cause we see that scene where he like peels back the bullet wounds on his arm uh, from the, from the shotgun. Yeah. And like, he's like repairing the actual like pistons in his arm, but you know, he's got that big freaking flesh wound. And then same thing with his face. Like he took the shot to the face so his eye is all janked up. So he has to take the, the the it's like all white and blind looking. So like the tissue, I think, was dead, which is why he plucked it out so he could see with his robotic eye. Um, yeah. But yeah, like so I, I always find that cool about the Terminator, which is why, you know, T2, there's that giant plot hole of how the hell did the T1000 come back if it needs to be in human flesh, yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> there's that's a major plot hole for for Terminator 2 time travel. Um but yeah, so we have the Terminator heading toward where Sarah Connor is, unbeknownst to either her or Matrix. Um, and I feel like at this point with with Matrix and and Sarah and Jenny and all that, you know, maybe he's he doesn't feel like he needs to train her up yet. Maybe he's just kind of getting to know her all that. She introduces him to her friends, like the, the people who have been training her. And maybe he sees like, you know, the, the armaments they have and the fact that they're kind of kind of sort of like this little militia group and he's like yeah let me show you a couple of things and we kind of mm-hmm. see a little bit of how 
knowledgeable Matrix is when it comes to like all armaments. So maybe maybe we don't get a full on training montage, but we get like, all right, he's showing them how to use shit. So when we get Sarah fighting with all these different guns, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, and I picture because Matrix is a dad, right? And he he even though he does desperate things in Commando, it, it's it's shown pretty clearly. They spend a lot of time showing that he's you know parental um, and yes. um, protective, right? Even though, even of Cindy. So I think it'd be interesting if if yeah he he believes Sarah because she's not telling him about robot Terminators, just like oh this guy tried to kill me looks just like you, it's so freaky. Except you know the the guy who tried to kill me was clean shaven and you have a beard, but other than that it's like this you know <laughs> it's weird right. how you know and he was even really big like you and it's so strange. And then you know she, yeah, maybe you know again he's taking her seriously, so you know yeah maybe she's met a couple of guys and some militia and, and maybe Matrix them and he's like yeah these dudes are like shady like these you know like i wouldn't trust all these guys and maybe he goes maybe he goes to like one of their militia meetings and they're like you know hey who's the big widow that you invited and big white boy american blah 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 and he's just like yeah whatever shut up and you know some some uh display of power where they pull a gun on him and he just like disarms him in a second you know right <laughs> like oh what else you got you know and 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 sort of turns the table and then he's just like okay listen up you know schmucks like if you're gonna you know be having you know all these these uh you know machine guns and rocket launchers and all this shit you want to be some militia out here like you know i'm gonna keep you from hurting yourselves and anybody else and and it's really more of like he's trying to you know show them that you know there's a way to do this and and, and yeah maybe that maybe the leader of this militia group and maybe that's all it is is just like a militia group like we have here in the u.s of these guys you know who take you know gun rights you know to the extreme or maybe not the extreme to the extent of like you know like actually having these like military groups that they use to protect themselves in their homesteads or whatever. And maybe that's, maybe that's the same thing down there, but the leader of this group is, you know, kind of, he's a hothead or maybe he's got dreams of like, yeah, man, we're going to like take over this town, you know? Um, And that, and, and, and Matrix, he's the guy that Matrix embarrasses. And then maybe he like runs him off. You know, we got, I'll just, I'm just going to call this guy Tito. I don't know why, why that name pops into my head, <laughs> but just to call him something. Right. So he like runs Tito off and it's like, all right, the rest of you guys, if you want to listen to me, like, I'm going to show you how not to shoot your feet off. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So then we, yeah, we get that training that you talked about where he's going to train all of them together with Sarah and, 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 you know, he's, and he's being sort of protective of her. Like, okay, I'm not going to necessarily take you under my wing, but let me show you a couple of things so you don't hurt yourself um right. but i think it'd be interesting if tito comes back at some point like oh you you know we've created created like a a threat almost like a you know like a chekhov's you know, gang member you know right <laughs> you know and maybe like there's at some point later on you know he he tips off you know the terminator to their to their whereabouts at you know at some point like in the third act or whatever you know um and it'd be one of those interesting like little like a hidden dagger kind of a story element okay um, I, I like this. Now I'm I'm trying to think of how this would 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 work, but we have to figure Sarah would probably be would be living under some kind of false identity. She wouldn't be going by Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. um, just because like well she's in hiding. Um, so Tito and and the others wouldn't know her as Sarah. I mean Matrix and and Jenny wouldn't even know her as Sarah. So what I'm trying what I'm trying to figure out is we we can use Tito as the uh the tipping point for how the Terminator starts to track Sarah. Maybe he's like, I don't know, maybe have him like in town bitching about like, we never should have let her in into our group. You know, like he's freaking out, like bitching about this, this white woman from America comes down and is going to tell me how to do things. Blah, blah, blah. You know, basically, you know, she, she's the outsider that they shouldn't have taken a chance on. 
So he's bitching about that. And I want to have like the Terminator overhear this. So maybe, you know, he uses her, whatever her fake name is. Right. And Terminator at this point is still looking for where she could be. He knows she's in this area, you know, because of, of course, you know, the Skynet knows the future. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah they, they knew that she, she was there at some point. Yeah, right. She knew that they, they knew John Connor was born there. Um, so maybe he goes he goes to the hospital and like looks up birth records under Ooh, that okay. name, you know, so so we could have like the the unnecessary hospital murder scene <laughs> where he's just yeah, no, killing good. doctors and nurses for no reason. Yo, ma- yeah, maybe they knew that John Connor was born like they know how old he is and they know the general area that he was born in. So maybe the mission here was, yeah, go find Sarah. We don't know where she is. But if you go to like this general area of Baja, Mexico around this general time and he's either going to already be born or like close to it, you know? Yeah. So that's right. exactly right. And maybe this is like a fucking like, you know, Herod situation. Like it's, it's like a biblical thing where he's going to go in there and like instead of getting like a phone book full of like Sarah Connors in like L.A., he's going to go get like every baby born this year and then just start, go start oh, trying shit. to kill him like one at a time. Like how fucked up would that be? You know? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, okay, so yeah, we're gonna go with that, um, because that's that would definitely resonate with an audience. Like, holy shit, he's bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say we don't want to we don't want to run uh we don't want to risk the Terminator is cool the way like every other film franchise villain becomes cool at some point. Like, so at this point, we still want to we still want to uh like. Hammer home, the Terminator is, is is fucking villainous, and it doesn't give a shit. Like, it has mm-hmm. no sympathy. It has, you know, no emotion. Because that's the thing. Reese talks about that in Terminator 1. He Like, basically how uncaring. Like, they are cold machines. They look like humans. They act like humans. They, you know, they sweat. They have bad breath, all that stuff. But they are a cold machine. So, yeah, fuck, dude. Like, have him go to the hospital you know, look up, you know, birth records. Maybe, maybe they know that John Connor was born a year ago. So let, let's have John yeah. be a baby. Sure. Um, like, oh, good. Yeah. I was, I was saying, but we can also like, instead of just having a movie where we kill a whole bunch of babies, you know, because right, right. we, we have this like white American person, you know, uh, in Mexico, maybe it's just a matter of like, okay, let the baby, you know, be old enough where the robot can recognize like its race, right. Or its appearance. Right. right. So instead of just killing like a newborn, right. Cause newborn appearances can shift. It's like the, the, the machine logic is born somewhere around like this time or within this week. So go find every like one year old. And if it's like a white kid living in Mexico, kill it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we can, maybe we can have like a, like one or two scenes where there's like a close call where like, here comes the terminators and he's going to, he's about to kill this baby. And then it's like, right. Oh, never mind, Like you're the wrong color. And then he just like walks away, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, no, that's how we do it. We'll, we'll have him do the thing where the, the fucking facial scan that we see him do in Terminator one. So go. he'll like, he'll maybe he just like busts into a house and we, you know, people screaming like, what the hell? You know, and he, he like holds his gun up, scans, sees that the child sees that it's not like it doesn't match. And he pulls his gun up and walks away like nothing fucking happened. So it's that thing of like, this dude was ready to kill a baby. <laughs> you know? Right. right. God, that's fucked up. Or go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, he doesn't care. It's literally just scan, not a match. Keep moving. 
you yeah, know. exactly. He'll kill anyone who like tries to stop him or gets in his way, but right. it's really more of just like batting obstacles out of the way, like annoyances, you know. Um, yeah. And we keep saying baby, I, but also at the same time, like we said, it, would ha- it needs to be like a couple of years after Terminator and after you know Commando. So Terminator happens before Commando. So oh, even yeah. if even right. if we did like a two year old, right, like a toddler, um, that would be enough, right? Uh, well, I, well, you know what? Hold on, let's back it up. Let, let's actually go real timeline so okay. if it's going to be 1989 if if Mat- if uh commando happened in 85 terminator happened in in 84 sarah's mm-hmm. pregnant at the end of of terminator so john would have been born in 85 so let's have him be four years old he's yeah, still a I, little kid i think so it's, it's still like terrifying to have some giant fucking robot going around trying to kill four-year-olds but right. like old enough where the, what made me think about it was we talked about like Matrix being parental, right? And uh, and so, uh, what if he when he goes to this like you know militia like gang meeting and he like kicks out Tito or like Tito runs off and then he's like, all right, the rest of you. What if at some point during this while he's showing him some shit, like this door opens and this little kid runs in like, mommy, 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 and like this is the first time that we've seen John Connor. Like knowing that this is the Terminator ah. sequel, like he's got to be there somewhere because she's not right. pregnant anymore. But we haven't seen him yet, and it, and it turns out that like you know he wasn't he she's been like living in the back room of this place like hiding out because she didn't really have anywhere to go or like a job or anything you know so she's been kind of like relying on these guys and uh and remember like in t2 again we don't know this yet but later on we find out like john knows these people like you know he grew up with these with these guys so it would make sense that he was kind of living there but what if she was you know prior to this meeting was like all right johnny you got to stay in the back and like you know you know play with your Nintendo or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever right. it is, like stay back here and stay out of mommy. And we're going to, we're going to have our grown up meeting. And then he just comes out like, mommy, mommy, I'm hungry. And this is when matrix is like, okay, well shit just got real, you know? Cause again, yeah. he's, he, cause he's real parental. He's thinking about Jenny and how he felt when she was a kid and he's been a single dad for a long time. And he sees, you know, Sarah or, you know, whatever name she, you know, she's operating this false name she's operating under, um, you know, and he's just like, I'm just gonna call her Connie because of Sarah Connor. Right. So he's, yeah, yeah. he's like, Oh, here's Connie and Connie and little Johnny you know <laughs> and uh, and now he's like okay i'm with you like i see you like you need you need my help so i'm gonna whip these motherfuckers into shape so that like he's like you know he's thinking i don't i can't be tied to you because you know the last time i you know i tried to put down roots you know shit didn't go well for me and jenny but like let me right. set you up to be you know uh self-sufficient and, and be able to like handle yourself and protect your son okay so um we, I, I, I'm going to just go out on a limb and make an assumption here. I feel like because of the nature of, uh, you know, Sarah being on the run and being in hiding and all that, John would not be going to school. John would be homeschooled. Um, yeah. So instead of having a school, because I was thinking of like a school scene, what about if, if you know, because, again, he's a kid still. You know, he wants to play with other kids. So so Sarah, you know, it, it, with a couple of her friends, like a couple of these these like militia group. They go to like, you know, a playground or some kind of park, something like that. And this is where we're going to see our first like Terminator versus Matrix moment. Oh, man, that's like the like the playground visions that she yep. has in T2. Yeah, that's perfect. Exactly. So I was because originally I was thinking about the playground at a school, but I'm like, no, no, no. You know, it can't be a school because he would be homeschooled, all that. So, yeah, let's just have it be like some little park. You know, there's like swing sets and slides and all that. And she's there, you know, being ever vigilant, kind of watching around and all that, but letting her son still have, you know, some time to play with his friends. And then in the distance, we see somebody walking toward him and she's keeping an eye on him. She's like, you know, he's he's far enough away where she's like, that's a big guy. but She can't get a good look at him. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And then she sees him and it looks like Matrix. And then she turns and looks behind her and Matrix. Maybe he's like standing against the Jeep, like eating ice cream with Jenny. Like they're just standing there mm-hmm. talking, kind of laughing. She looks back, sees Matrix, looks forward, sees the Terminator now walking toward and realizes, holy shit, that's the Terminator. Like maybe he like pulls a shotgun from under his coat or something. Yeah. And, you know, she screams for John. She runs, grabs her kid. Matrix turns, sees the Terminator aiming a gun at children. Oh, shit. And like takes a fucking pistol out of it. Like maybe has like a sidearm or something, takes a pistol and fucking shoots the gun. Like doesn't shoot, the, like shoots the gun out of the Terminator's hand. Mm-hmm. So like the Terminator like locks on to Matrix and then, you know, Matrix starts fucking gunning him down. Dude falls over, then gets right back up again. So keep in mind, Matrix don't know about the robots yet. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, <laughs> the fuck? Maybe he puts a bullet in his head thinking like, OK, he's got a bulletproof vest on. Puts a round in his head, knocks him down again. He gets back up. And at this point, Matrix is like, you know, we see that look of like, oh, shit on his face. Grabs Sarah and the others gets in the fucking truck and it's like, we got to go. And they take off running as the Terminator just walks after them. Oh God. So, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I love, I, I love that. And I, I want to add one little detail, which is, yeah, yeah. we had the, the Terminator walks into this crowd. He pulls out whatever gun he's got and he just starts shooting. And we got to get a couple of these like really like tragically, like unnecessary, like he shoots some mom in the back who tries to like jump in front of yeah. her kid, you know, like, like the shit we got in the first Terminator when I was like, man, just like killing like random people. Like it was terrible. It was like a horror yep. movie, you know? And it was like sad. Um, but yeah. And then, but, but what, what I wanted to add was, um, Matrix, I noticed that when I watched Commando this previous time, that that part of the reason why Jenny was able to be kidnapped in the first place was because Matrix was using, like, proper, like, gun safety protocols. Like, he had all of his rifles and shit, like, locked up in, like, a gun cabinet, and he had to go and, like, get them. And I I picture, like, that's still how he is. Like, he's he's just very big on, like, gun safety, especially around, like, his kid. And so, anyway, the point is, he would have a, he would definitely have a pistol, but it would be in his, like, locked glove box, like, in his truck. Yeah. Right? Okay. So yeah, yeah, to your point, so he's leaning against his truck, eating ice cream like he was in the first commando. He sees this thing coming. It pulls out a weapon, starts shooting a couple people. In those couple of seconds, he drops the ice cream, punches his own truck window in, grabs the <laughs> glove box, and rips the fucking door off of it and grabs his gun. Because what that does is it shows or reminds the viewers that fucking John Matrix is like the Hulk. Like he picked up a yeah. phone booth, okay? Like he is a strong <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. So with later an, on- With a grown adult in it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So later on, like there is definitely going to be a, a moment when we get like a hand to hand combat fight or something oh, like Matrix yeah. as a human can hold his own against this robot because he is like superhumanly strong, like or apparently, you know, like right, he's so right. strong that like, yeah, he just he, his gun is in that locked glove box, but he's just going to tear that shit off to grab that gun like nothing is going to stop him. Right. So, OK, yeah. So so that that all happens. They, they get in, in the fucking truck. They take off. You know, they they get back to their their little compound. They arm up, you know, and and like, you know, Matrix is freaking out. Like, how did he get back up? Like, I shot him in the head. What's going on? And maybe like at this point we have Sarah be like, I have a story to tell you. Mm-hmm. So now we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna sit there and listen to the whole story, but we're gonna come back. Maybe they they've like at this point they've gotten all their guns packed up. <laughs> like they got all their ammo and shit. And and Matrix is like, you know, maybe he says something like, so you're telling me a robot from the future is coming to kill you, you know, something like kind <laughs> yeah. of almost like the audience has to has to be like, yeah, we know, we know, we get it. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Hang um, a lampshade on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So they, they throw the duffel bags of weapons and ammo into the truck, you know, the, the militia guys and all that jump in the back and they take off. Maybe they're, they're like, we got to get out of here. Like he's he's coming for us. So they go like, let, let's say, like, I don't know, like further down into into Mexico or like further down, like into like uh, maybe in the in the middle of the desert somewhere like they, they go off trying to get away from where he could find them. So yeah. we're going to we're going to have a little bit of downtime. Maybe we have a moment where the Terminator now, you know, kind of fucked up. He's got some bullet holes in him. Or maybe he walks into town. People are like, holy shit, what's wrong with you? And, you know, beats the shit out of someone and takes their vehicle. You know, just some kind of like we have yeah. to have that that moment of the Terminator just whooping ass to whoop ass. You know? So gets his vehicle and takes off after them. Maybe he's doing something as simple as like tracking the tire marks, you know, from from mm. the, the Jeep, like something simple. Like he's 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 able to track them a little bit. But the point is, I want to get them out into the middle of like either an unoccupied area or maybe just, you know, straight up desert. I don't care if it's like by the beach or whatever, but I want to have an area where we can have huge explosions and lots yeah. of gunfights. Yes. Well, <laughs> so. I, I pick, I would feel like matrix if he's in hiding again and his like little home compound in California had already been like found and raided that first time in, in the original commando this time being the, you know, the, very prepared, you know, very safe and, and uh, forward thinking person that he is, he would have set up a safe house somewhere. He would have a place to escape. Sarah Connor aside, any, if, but if anyone ever came after him and Jenny ever again, they need somewhere to go. Right. Right. So there's a compound somewhere that he has set up with like an arsenal and like, you know, <laughs> panic rooms or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Something cool. Yeah. And yeah, like maybe 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 it's some, something over by the ocean and he's got like a like a boat that they, they had that like a little boat, something to escape on, like a speedboat or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that that way, like, again, we can have this cool, like big cinematic view of like, you know, this fight happening on like the cliffs at the ocean side. You yeah. know, <laughs> it yeah, look really cool. And yeah, because then we can have like he can set up like fucking landmines and shit. So we can have the Terminator like setting off explosions and getting, you know, getting more and more flesh blown off of it and more yeah. robot coming out. Um, yeah, no, I like that. So. So, yeah, so we're going to have him go to his compound and, you know, and he's going to have like this little militia with him. So it's not just Matrix alone. He's going to have like some people, but he's also got like fucking there's kids there. Like he's like, we got to protect mm -hmm. these kids. So, yeah, maybe they like they, the, the kids and, and Jenny they will have Jenny, like, take all the kids and go to, like, the panic room or whatever. You yes. know, and she, she's armed because at this point she would be like 17, you know, yeah. so she's she's armed. But it's like obviously Matrix doesn't want her in the fight. And then you yeah. got, you know, her or I mean, uh, Matrix, Sarah and like, I don't know, like, let's say like four other guys from like the militia, um, you know, obviously like waiting for the for this badass mm -hmm. to come and get them. And of course, you know, just like I'd mentioned two other times, we see him in the distance coming. So it's like, <laughs> I just, I love that shot of like the, like, you know what it is, is it's that scene in Terminator one where the truck blows the fuck up mm -hmm. and you see the machine coming in the distance and it's just walking at him. Ugh. And I found that so damn terrifying as a child that there's something about that, that hulking presence just walking at you that I find 
absolutely chilling. So I know yes, I'm for bringing sure. it up, but it's like, yes, I want those scenes. <laughs> no, it's exactly right. I mean, that's exactly right. Why, you know, Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers are scary because they just walk and they're quiet and they're like mm-hmm. these boogeyman, boogeyman characters that you can't stop with like normal means. But also like we're also talking about an action movie, but in the heyday of the slasher flick at the yes. same time. Right. So yeah. that's exactly what we have here is we have because T2 hasn't come out yet. So we don't have him doing that face turn to become like the big action hero. So instead, the first Terminator was very much a horror movie, and that's what we have here, too. Like, we're going to keep some of those horror elements, but it's like now he's a slasher, basically, is what we have, yeah. right? Um, that's really cool. Really, really cool. So, And it's kind of like the Aliens, you know, being a sequel to Alien, where the second movie was still a horror movie with the horror movie tropes, but it had much more of an action focus in terms of the storytelling. So that's exactly what we're what we're doing here, is we're doing the Aliens, you know, version of, like, the sequel to Terminator before T2 is you know an idea in anybody's mind right oh, i love yeah. it yeah yeah <laughs> so, i love it. i love it. yeah this is so cool and you're right because this is how we're going to get like human people who can actually be able to like put up a real fight against the terminator because like you said there's like there's tripwires there's landmines there's booby traps you know which yep. of course was a big thing you know in the 80s as well and of so, course you know, matrix has this whole compound like wired up and so it's like it's almost like this uh like the terminator his now his hunt has become this like war of attrition where he's like i'm gonna keep coming and i'm gonna keep coming and i'm gonna keep coming oh you blew off like my arm and it's like it's a flesh wound you know and, he's right. like, <laughs> and, and it's, it's almost like we're just gonna chip away at him and chip away at him and he's gonna kill some of the humans you know he's gonna blow some shit up you know he's gonna get around some of the trip you know some of the traps whatever it is yeah. you know and we can, we can go through some of them in detail if you want to but i think what we really need is by the time the terminator gets close enough where we're gonna have some kind of like a showdown man-to-man with um with matrix it's like there's a very clear difference between matrix who's all like beefed up bearded looking like a lumberjack versus the terminator who just looks blown half to shit half human half man you know just all monster you know right and uh and it's gonna be like this really badass fight absolutely so yeah so we're gonna we're gonna have definitely like have the 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 big fight like you were talking about where it's like shit's blowing up people are getting shot you know maybe maybe matrix gets shot by the terminator so we can have we can have him a little bit wounded um to kind of match the the fact that the terminator's all blown to shit um but when it comes down to it like Maybe, uh, you know, the Terminator is making its way through all the traps. It's getting right to the compound. You know, Matrix knows, like, he's the last line of defense between this thing and getting to Jenny and the kids. Um, you know, maybe, maybe like, Sarah gets knocked out or something. Like, you know, a blast, like, knocks her out. You know, some of the other guys are dead. Matrix runs out of ammo. He jumps down. I'm picturing, him, like, him up on a balcony and, like, the, the okay. Terminator walking toward the... So have him like grab a fucking fire axe and just jump down at the Terminator like, fuck you. And like they just start fucking brawling Um, because the the reason I say fire axe is because I have this image in my head of like the Terminator's one arm is already damaged, like from one of the Mm -hmm. explosions and just having Matrix like hack a fucking arm off with with the fire axe. But then have the Terminator like not even blink grab him by the throat and pick him up off the ground with his other hand. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, holy shit. Like he just took his arm off and it's like, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had worse. <laughs> exactly. And just like yeah. fucking whips matrix like into the wall. Yeah. You know, oh God. So that, yeah. And they're still, they're just fucking fighting, you know, 
And um, I mean, we could we could do something like have another explosion scene like they did in the first one where that's how they dismantle, uh, you know, dismantle the, the Terminator. Or we could do something as simple as like take its head off. Because that's something yeah. we haven't seen done. We haven't seen a Terminator get decapitated. That's true. Um, well, so I, I kind of had an idea for how to kill the the Terminator uh, okay. in this one, actually. So I definitely love this this fight, and we it's gonna we have to come up with really interesting ways to have this like knockdown, drag out fight, like that every action movie ended with you know, at this time, like the end of Lethal Weapon, the end of the original Commando. Like it's got to be like a mono a mono, except because we have the Terminator, even without one arm, it's like he could still just crush you know, uh, matrix throat with like, you know, one, one squeeze done. Right. So it has to be matrix has to realize he's got to keep his distance a little bit. Like this can't be hand to hand, but yeah, he's using the ax he's using, you know, maybe he, maybe he grabs, you know, uh, like a pipe or something and he uses it as a lever and he like sticks it through the middle of like the, you know, the terminator, you know, like his chassis or his leg and like rips part of his leg off or a part of his like rib cage, you know, whatever Like He's just yeah. chip, he's chipping away at him because he knows he can't get too close, but you know, and, and the terminator can't get to any weapons. So, you know, he's just, he's using total, total, Total brute strength against, you know, Matrix, who's got now Matrix has to be a little bit smarter. He can't just beat the shit out of him. You know, he's got to be careful. Um, but, yeah, I, at, at some point, I, I definitely want to see, um, you know, he throws Matrix into a wall, like really fucks him up. And, and you think, oh, man, like Matrix is down now. Like, he broke his arm or something. You know what I mean? Smashing into that, like into that stone wall. But then right. it, it, it would be really awesome because we know that Jenny who has been being trained by matrix. We even saw in the original commando, he was teaching her like karate or whatever. Like she's learned to protect herself. Right. And you know, this is a compound full of weapons. So maybe the Terminator hasn't gotten any of them yet because they're holding them at bay, but it would be so cool if he like knocks, uh, if he not, if the Terminator knocks uh, matrix aside and then while he's like walking up to him slowly chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk, like, yep. you know, and the Matrix is, like, trying to get up. What if just, there's just, like, a hail of, like, minigun fire just out of nowhere, you know, like, that whistling rain of bullets because we see Jenny, who's, like, <laughs> look, she, there's, there's, like, a murder hole from, like, the panic room where she's got a minigun mounted, and she's like, oh, no, fuck you, you ain't fucking with my dad, you know? Right. <laughs> Dude, okay, yeah, so, so okay, so Matrix is down but not out, yeah. and, and Jenny just, like, fucks him up with a minigun yeah. knocking the Terminator down. Now it's like, we see all the flesh is like torn away. It's mostly mm. endoskeleton exposed. Now we see all the pistons and pipes and shit moving, you know, while it's down, what if matrix grabs like, uh, I don't know, like, like you said, there's pipes and shit broken and we, mm -hmm. we have him use a, a pipe to kill, um, Bennett in the first movie. Yeah. So, so what if he grabs a pipe and he just jams it into the exposed part of the Terminator's throat Oh, yeah. And just yeah. twists it and rips its head off. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> okay, yeah. And I'm picturing that scene like Robocop, right? When, when uh, at the end, when Clarence Boddicker, like, stabs that big spike in the middle of Robocop's yeah. chest and he just twists it around. And it looks, yep. looks so, even though, it's, even though he, you know he's robotic, it just looks so painful, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that, so, so just like in the first Terminator, when we think, we think the Terminator robot is done, he's down for the count, like, like Reese took him out. And then, you know, Sarah Connor comes out and she's checking on Reese and then, oh, boop, jump scare, like the robot's still alive, you know, yep. and she starts crawling after her. We got to let Sarah be the hero here, too, because this is her movie as well yes. as as Matrix is like it's not Jenny's movie as much as, you know, we love Alyssa Milano and that character. It's not really their movie. Um, right. right. So. Matrix has done a lot of damage and I think, you know, he's really held his own and he, you know, he's gotten his big action movie moment, but we can't have Sarah Connor be, you know, or Connie, you know, be down for the count. So yeah. 
back up a second. Like we got to like lay the, the foundation. So when they first get to the compound, you know, Sarah, you know, she's asking questions. What is this place? And blah, blah, blah. And Matrix is like, you know, I set this up so we can, you know, we could escape because, this, you know, they're not going to find us again. And he's and, and the first thing he does is he fires up a generator because they need electricity right at this right. Pl- this compound in the middle of nowhere. Or maybe it's like a couple of elect- like generators all, you know, uh, all together because it's a big place. You know, he's you know, he he's pulling, you know, pulling the like, you know, uh, like the lawnmower engines or whatever to start him up, you know. And yeah. then so then we have this like background chug, 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 chug noise. Uh, but but that's like a, it's like a it's like a Chekhov's gun because. Uh, we have to have that this like uh, this like gotcha jump scare moment where we think the Terminator's down. They like tore his head off, like you know his eyes start to dim. But then it's like uh, somehow like there's like there's like a couple of wires like still connected or something to the point where like the body starts to move and it grabs like Matrix's leg and just fucking crushes his calf. Just you Ooh. know. Okay. Just, yeah. And so now he's down and he's in the grip. It's exactly what Sarah Connor was afraid of at the end of the first movie when when it was trying to grab her, you know. And now now this thing doesn't even have a head to like think straight. It's just it's just squeezing and squeezing and squeezing and you know the Matrix is screaming and we Sarah Connor's got to come out of like wherever she was in hiding or shake off her grogginess or whatever and uh you know and, and because of that generator is going like there's got to be some exposed wire or something where she's gonna unplug it and like electrocute this fucking thing you know right. um, and just fry it but obviously it has to let go of matrix somehow but uh, yeah I'd, i would love to just add that element of like how do you take down a machine while doing you know you can crush it, you can blow it up or whatever, like you said, tear its head off. But like, no, they need to like fry like every uh, circuit board in that thing. Yeah. Well, what if, okay. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's crushing Matrix's leg. Um, what if we do, we do something like we have her bust out, like, I don't know, a shotgun or some kind of weaponry and start shooting it. And it lets go and kind of like flailing its arm around, like almost like it's, it's still malfunctioning. We can see it's malfunctioning. Like it's yeah. sparking and all fucked up, but it's still coming. Like it's still trying to, and you know, she runs out of ammo and then like in a desperate move is just like, you know, grabs the, the, like the wiring yanks it out and fucking hits it right in the, like right in the chest with the the electrical cords and just fucking fries it. Yeah. Oh, what if she picks up that fire ax that matrix dropped earlier? Like, right. And you think that she's going to like chop this, like at this point, it's almost like silly looking because it's like stumbling at her with like its head hanging off by like wires and like one arm and like half its leg is missing. And it's but it's so terrifying. It's like it won't stop. Right. <laughs> it looks like a pile of like bones and muscles and like, or like, you know, me- mechanical whatever. And it's just like it won't stop. But she pulls up this like fire axe and you think that she's going to chop the, the machine with it. But instead, yeah, she goes and she chops this like, you know, big cable that's coming off the generator and then just like shoves it at him. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so so okay, so she she takes the cable and she fucking fries the shit out of it. You know, Matrix is injured. You know, Jenny and the kids are terrified. There's like maybe like one or two dudes who are still you know alive from the militia, and you know the Terminator's down. Now we're gonna we're gonna fast forward a little bit. Like they they the good guys won. Um, we're gonna see Matrix and Jenny. Like Matrix is is uh you know bandaged up, you know on the mend. Maybe he's walking with a cane, and um you know Sarah maybe Sarah's asking him like where will you go, and he's like you know I have to return um like you know like my my General Kirby or whatever. We have something like where he has to return mm-hmm. to uh to the to the military basically like with this information I can't keep it to myself. Like people need to know, so. Yeah. 
we we see like Sarah stays because remember in Terminator 2, we find out that like John grew up in in Baja, Mexico. So like yeah. maybe, uh, you know, Sarah and her friends, like they find a new area and she continues to raise her son um, until, you know, shit goes wrong and she ends up in, in the loony bin. Uh, by Terminator 2, which I feel like this also, it, it fits nicely between Terminator 1 and 2, you know, where we can still have everything that happened in T2 happen. Mm-hmm. And it would make sure. sense why Sarah became such a fucking badass by Terminator 2, because not only did she go through this shit again and survive again, but she worked with, like, fucking Commando. <laughs> You know, so right. like, yeah. yeah, she became like a one woman killing machine, <laughs> like just this, you know, awesome badass that she is in part two. So we see her, you know, stay, you know, John and Jenny get in their boat, they leave, you know, and then we're going to have an epilogue where, you know, we see Matrix talking to Kirby and explaining, you know, like what he witnessed and have him being like, you know, Kirby's not phased by it. He's like. Well, John, there's something you need to know. He goes, this isn't the first time that we've encountered something of a science fiction nature. And he's like, I want you to meet someone and open the door. And we see fucking Dutch from Predator. Fuck yeah. I had the exact same idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We 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 end it with him being like. We, we, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what, what, what rank was Dutch? I forget. Major. He's a major. Yeah. A major. So, uh, you know, major Dutch, whatever. I don't remember his, le- like what his, his. Okay. So I had the same idea, but I was going to frame it like this. So, so first of all, Matrix is a made up fucking name. Like, I'm sorry. Right. Like, even though they no. call him Matrix the whole time. Yeah. And like, maybe that was the name he just picked for himself when he went into hiding the first time, even though Bennett was calling him that. I don't know. The point is no one's name is fucking Matrix. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. It's just a fake fucking name but matrix (laughs) (laughs) they never they never call dutch anything other than dutch in the movie but in the some of the sequels we find out that his name his name was uh schaefer dutch schaefer right Ah. so what i'm thinking is that john matrix is actually john schaefer and so my thought was they were like oh this isn't the first time this has happened and you wouldn't believe you know who told me a similar story and you know in fucking dutch walks in and it's like his fucking brother his twin brother <laughs> <laughs> so we have twins ball in here as well <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> like he, like like dutch walks in you know and he says something like you know uh, uh you know mom sends her regards or whatever like some 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 kind of a quote that's like oh okay these guys are brothers that's hilarious <laughs> that that is fucking funny <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we, we have him have him say something like, you know, uh, you know, even if it is like your brother or whatever we have, you know, he's uh, he encountered something in the oh God, I forget what jungle it was. Um, they were in Guatemala, I think. Guatemala. The, yeah. yeah, the Guatemalan jungle and, and have like, you know, we, we end with the, the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, we, we, we got to blend the music game with like with like the Predator soundtrack, too. You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe, oh, no, here we go. Like it's this whole medley. So we so we go like we we see them we they shake hands you know and you know maybe Dutch sitting there with a big old fucking stogie in his face um so we we end the the movie there we hear the predator like that uh, kind of weird sound it makes nice. and then the dun 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 yeah that'd be awesome okay <laughs> crossover between Commando and Terminator and put Predator in the same damn universe. Hell yeah. Yeah, I had, this, I had the same idea. I was just waiting for the end. I was like, oh, I'm going to put Dutch in there. 
You beat me to it. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it makes perfect sense as to like why Skynet would base like the TA hundred series on like Matrix or even Dutch. It's like it's like there's some something about this family, man. These these <laughs> the genetics in this family, and they're such they're such badasses that these guys by the time that Skynet rises, these guys would have been legendary because of the oh, yeah. all. You know, and we just went through this whole thing with with the Predator uh, sequel, the Predator three sequel we came up with. We worked in Dutch at the end, and like yep. after after T two, which could still happen because even though you know the the, the Schaefer brothers aren't there, it's like you know that movie happens like kind of quickly and kind of in like you know even though it's a big action film, it's like there's not really a lot of time to get anyone else involved. Like it happens pretty fast, you know the yeah, timeline. It's like a couple of dates. Yeah. And even though like, and, but we see that Skynet is working on robotics. Like they have the parts of like, there's the, the government conspiracy is definitely there. It exists, you know? And, yeah. and then, you know, at, at some point we're going to have to tie, you know, the alien franchise into all of this because we already have the AVP franchise and already they laid the groundwork there for, you know, conspiracies, you know, shit behind the scenes, the guy yeah. behind the guy. And they, they're not always getting involved in the day to day. Cause you know, maybe they just don't think it's that important. Oh, like whatever, like, you know, one person in Mexico gets killed, whatever. Like, we're not going to blow our cover for that. You know, what, whatever right. it is. Um, yeah. So this is really, really cool. Like it's, you know, building up to this, like, uh, like this, uh, MCU style <laughs> universe of like, you know, I was, I was just going to say we're, we're, we're setting ourselves up for a, a, like, uh, a, uh, an anniversary episode of raised by rentals <laughs> where we're like, okay, we're going to tie in commando terminator predator and aliens all together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's definitely a couple more that that I know I'm thinking of, and I'm sure you're thinking of them too. Like we're gonna hang on to those, but there's yeah. at least including one video game franchise that is gonna fit in that series. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, this oh, is my awesome. God. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really I really like this because it's it's that perfect blend uh, for me at least. It's that perfect blend of horror and action while still staying true to just the the crazy over the top ridiculous eighties that we all know and love so much. Um, like, like I said, with commando watching that with fresh eyes as an adult now, it's ridiculous, but my God, I, I eat it up like comfort food. Like it's Hell just yeah. so fun. And that's a big thing with eighties films. Like they, yeah, a lot of them didn't make a lot of sense. There's a, there's plot holes big enough to drive a fucking truck through, but you know what? They're fun. <laughs> there's just a lot of fun to be had with this kind of an idea. Arnie versus Arnie is just too fun not to have. <laughs> For sure. I'm, and I'm sure that peeps, someone will listen to this and find the giant plot hole that, you know, we didn't think of it or that we created, but it's right. like, whatever, who cares? Like we're having a good time. And that's, and, and yeah, that's what these movies were all about is don't look at it that closely. Sometimes you got to kind of squint at it a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. but that's, but again, they're just fun. I mean, I said at the beginning that I thought that the script for commando was a really good and smart script for a dumb action movie, <laughs> you know, like, exactly. because it's full of things that are, are, that are, you know, either plot holes or things that are just, you know, where like if one tiny little thing had gone differently, that the whole movie would fall apart. You know, like right. the, the, the fact that, that, Matrix was able to run around for, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 hours before anyone realized that he was on his like revenge hunt. You know, how, how did they not know? Like there's so many right. opportunities for that word to get back to, you know, Bennett uh, and El Presidente, you know, and, and we saw Sully try really hard back in the days before cell phones.
phones and he was like, give me a quarter because he was trying to use that pay phone, you know, <laughs> exactly. but see, and that's that's one thing I will compliment Commando on is it uses the trope of the Hollywood ticking clock, which I hate, by the way, that's one of my most hated tropes, but it uses the, the, the trope of the Hollywood ticking clock to great effect. Like mm-hmm. it actually makes sense. Like the fact that he's timing it, like how long is that flight going to be? Like, how long do I have before they realize, oh, shit, you know, he's dead and I'm not on the plane. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I like how they use it. But at the same time, like, it is ridiculous. It's, it's You're right. It's absolutely ridiculous. But granted, it's a time before cell phones. Communication was not as uh, readily available. Uh, but another thing I want to bring up about Commando that I forgot to mention at the top when I was talking about um, the I miss action movies where you could just look like a schlub and be a badass I miss the ridiculous parts of action movies. Like I'm going to rescue, rescue you with a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like he's in the back of a police truck and she shoots the, the, the vehicle that he's in with a fucking rocket. <laughs> like, <and he laughs> to just, rescue him. <laughs> yeah, and he just walks out like coughing and brushing some soot off himself. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> like I like, and how many times does Arnie rip out a fucking car seat without blinking? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like I, well, I think at that point, like the Cindy character knew that he was going to be able to survive that explosion because she had <laughs> seen him do so many crazy things at that point, you know, right. with his like immense strength and like swinging from the, from the ceiling, like Tarzan and, you know, oh, holding, holding Sully with like one hand, like, you know, over like a ravine or whatever. Oh man. Like so many crazy things. Oh my God. One, oh God, one of the, the other great things about 80s action movies is all the um, sound effects that you hear again and again, like the Wilhelm scream. But yeah, yeah, there are, the, the Foley the, or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's those certain sound effects that were like in every action movie. There's one like struggle sound that I've heard in at least three other Arnie movies where the guy goes like, yeah, 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 yeah. like that, <laughs> right. that's in that, it's in Running Man. I think it might even be a Terminator. Oh, probably. for me, the, but yeah, besides like the Wilhelm scream, the one that always stands out to me and you hear it so many times in the fight at the end, uh, between matrix and Bennett at the end of commando, it's that like that's the punch that sounds like it's like this loud, like, you know, yep. like <laughs> it's like, it's like you're playing street fighter or something. And it's like, man, like the punch sounds like, it's like a, like a, like an open handed slap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you're, so like you're slapping a side of beef. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man. And you know, I'll say too, that uh, when I was watching commando this time and I've seen it a hundred times, but watching it recently, I was like, man, I never noticed that Schwarzenegger, like his acting is not very good. And uh, so it's like in Conan, I'm sorry, he just did not act really. He oh, just, no. you know, he, he just like looked tough and swung his sword around, but he didn't really yep. act. And then I'm watching Commando thinking like, man, I don't remember him being so like stiff and some of the one liners, it's like he rushes through them. And like the timing is off. Like the one when he like breaks the guy's neck on the plane and he's like, don't wake my friend. He's dead tired. Like so <laughs> fast, you know? And I'm like, Jesus. But then by the end of the movie, his comedic timing in like his battle with like Bennett is so good. The way he's like, you want to put that knife in me and just twist it and like look in my eyes and see what happens. And it's like, I don't know what order they filmed the movie in, but like Schwarzenegger learned how to act during Commando. It's yeah. very obvious. 
Well, and that's the thing. Like, if you if you look at Schwarzenegger's film history, like er, his early movies, like yeah, he really couldn't act that great. But he he got a hell of a lot better in like quick succession. Mm-hmm. Like he really didn't waste much time. It's like this is clearly. You know, he he knew that he needed to improve and he yeah. fucking got out there and did it. And I, I always I always applaud Schwarzenegger for that, because it's like he could have just rode the coattails of like, I'm huge. You yeah. know, but he was like, no, 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 no. I, I am I am an actor. I'm going to do these roles. And like hearing him talk about uh, the Terminator in particular, like that he was talking to James Cameron about this this movie and um, I forgot. I think it was at that point they still had um, uh, O.J. Simpson mm-hmm. uh, planned to be the Terminator just because, again, he was huge. So they were like, let's let's have him. And um, one of the things that Arnie gave, like said to Cameron was that uh, you have to make sure he knows how to act like a machine, you know, not a person acting like a machine, but a person being a machine like they have to be a machine acting human. Exactly. Yeah. And Cameron was so impressed by that that he tried to 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 give the role to Arnie and Arnie turned it down. He's like, no, 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 I don't want it. Because at that point, he didn't want to do another action movie. He did the Conan movies. He's like, I want to work on my acting. I want to, you know, I don't want to be pigeonholed. And he said that after he had thought about it more and more, like he was home thinking about the, you know, the script and kind of like acting in front of the mirror, like how he would play the character. You know, he called Cameron back the next day and was like, OK, I'll do it. And, yeah. you know, and it was one of those things where you I can't picture anyone else other than than Arnie doing it, because like while I, I will say, um, oh, God, what's his name? The dude who played T-1000, uh, Robert, Patrick, Robert Patrick. Patrick? Yeah, 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 yeah. He he does it really well. Like he does the Terminator thing really well. But when he's like being like conversing with human characters he still looks human yeah he seems too human and it was the same thing with the the lady i forget her name but the the one that played the terminatrix like she had the terminator look right but there were still moments where the human came through with arnie even when he's interacting with with the human characters he still looks like a machine trying to pretend to be human and like he's got that down pat and it's it's freaking fantastic and it's that way in every movie that he's in with the, the terminator franchise yeah, so. he's got he's got some mannerisms that are really interesting that makes it work. Like he never looks at his hands or like at his guns. He never yes. looks. He doesn't use his eyes to like look at things to figure out what he's doing because he doesn't have to. Like you know, he's got that computer programming. Like yep. he's not using his eyes, you know, to watch what he himself is doing. His eyes are just scanning his like surroundings. Yep. You know, and that's one of those things that really stands out. Now I. I I agree with you on uh, in the Terminatrix that I, I didn't really believe her so much as like a robot, but I mm. actually really, really like the portrayal that Robert Patrick does as the T-1000 when he is acting human. Because the thing I like about the difference between the T-800 and the T-1000 series is not just like the, the change to liquid metal, but the fact that like the T-1000 is so much more of like an evil, like demonic or like serpentine kind of a character. It's like... He, he, they programmed him 
to to be human in a way where he's manipulative and he's yeah. almost he almost has a sense of humor and he smiles. He's the, it's the only time that one of these one of these Terminators ever smiles or smirks, you know. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, you know really really any 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 movie where you have you know some sort of like a demonic you know villain. Um, so yeah, I, I really like his approach because he's not as robotic and and neither is his appearance as a Terminator. Like he has, he has this liquid metal uh, and I think that he he does his own thing with it you know he's more yeah. of like an evil he's more of like an evil spirit than you know like the boogeyman type of a character the way that uh schwarzenegger plays uh the t800 and i i really really like the the juxtaposition because it's almost like a you know brains versus brawn kind of a thing in t2 i think that's part of why yeah. it's so successful and don't get me wrong i i i do love it i'm just saying like as far as the actor acting yeah. to be a machine i feel like arnie has like this this uncanny ability to seem like a machine, whereas other people do it in a different way where it's, it, to me, it's not as machine like, and, and you're right. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that clearly was a conscious effort with, with uh, the T 1000, but it, that's like, I guess something that I really liked about the T 800 that I was kind of missing with the T 1000 personally. Um, like I do love, like you mentioned the scanning thing. I fucking love that about Terminator one where he's driving and he ain't looking at the road. He's yeah. just scanning back and forth like a fucking machine. And it's so well done. And he, yeah, he doesn't miss a beat. He keeps on driving. Yeah, he doesn't um, need to. Yeah, I, I just, I always found that that both frightening and awesome at the same time. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm a big Terminator fan. Like, I love the Terminator movies. I'll go so far as to say, like, it's hard for me to pick which one I like better, Terminator 1 or 2. But I love them both for completely different reasons. Um, like I will say Terminator two is by far a superior movie. Like it's made much better, but I have just as much fun watching Terminator one as I do watching Terminator two. So for me, I like them both like on equal footing because of different reasons. Yeah, I, I agree. For me, it's I, I have the same same issue. It's hard to to decide like which one is better. I definitely think that T two is objectively the better movie in terms of how it's made, in the quality oh, of the quality of the special effects, and the cinematography, and even like the film stock. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, and and even though it's very much set in a time with the exception of uh, Danny Cooksey's mullet, like it re- it's pretty, really pretty <laughs> timeless, you know, Yeah, <laughs> it's really pretty timeless. Um, uh, but I really like, whereas the first movie is like uh, almost like corny eighties, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's very like neon and industrial and like punk rock, but you know, in a way that, that uh, it, it's very, very dated, unlike how T2 is. But my point being, I love T2. It's a better movie. And there are scenes in that movie that I think are the best of the entire, you know, franchise, like pretty, much the entire sequence from the the terminators meeting for the first time in the back hall at the mall all the way up through the like uh the big rig you know chasing the small dirt bike scene you know that whole sequence to me Mm -hmm. is like action movie gold but but i don't think that the entire movie maintains my interest like especially especially when they have the downtime they, they go to mexico and and they do that whole thing with miles dyson I think it's great, but it doesn't hold my excitement the way that the first movie does that where even when you have a quiet moment, you never really get a chance to relax and it's just go, 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 go. So I enjoy the experience of watching the first movie like all the way to the end, like every yes. single time. Like there's you – know, I'll sometimes watch T2 just for a little while and put it on the background and then I'll turn it off like when, when, when things quiet down a little bit. But <laughs> you, can't turn off, you can't turn off the first one. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, because like even with with part one, like you said, even the quiet moments, 
they're like they go to quiet moment and then Reese will tell her about the future and we'll we'll get that cool action packed, you know, uh, and like ex- exposition moment where mm-hmm. they're telling all about the future war, but we're seeing it. You know, or like then we get that that horrible sex scene. I'm sorry. That's just a really bad sex scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's, you know, and it's playing the, the music all slowed down <laughs> like the Terminator theme. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like they didn't have enough money to make another make a new song. So like, just take one we already have and like slow it down. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Um, and, and of course, there's the corny line of like, you know, where where she asks him why he came back. And, uh, you know, he's like. Cause I love you. I've always loved you. And it's like, Oh God, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, with the, with the music and the really, really bad synth music and yeah. especially, especially over like the, the action sequence at the end and like the fashion and like, there's a lot of things that are really bad that do not work. <laughs> do not like have no. not stood the test of time about the first movie, but just in general, again, I, I, I can't think of a time that I've ever started it and not finished it. Yeah, same. I'm right there with you. And and that's the thing. Like it's it's got a great cast. Even its supporting cast is fantastic. Um, you know, it's just a fun ride. It does it it starts off fast and it doesn't really let up. Whereas Terminator 2, it does have its downtimes, but you're right, it's pretty fucking timeless. Like you can watch it now and it doesn't really feel that out of place. Like there there are things like, you know, payphones and shit being used where it's like, okay, that kind of dates it. But mm-hmm it does really feel like a movie that could be made today. Yeah. Yeah. Really very much. So, so anyway, I want to say, Hey, I want to jump back because we mentioned uh, the first Terminator and like some of the bad fashion or whatever. And that reminds me of Bill Paxton. And we started talking oh, at the beginning yes. of this about how we got to get Bill Paxton in the movie somewhere, because if, if, it's, if it's the same character where he's like this punk rock dude, and then he either joins the military or goes back to his like coast guard, like day job and like, you know, gets his shit together and like, you know, uh, toes the line and cuts his hair, <laughs> you know, uh, I think it'd be interesting if now it's like four years later and what if, you know, he's become so, serious about you know be or maybe he's just like dude some crazy monster attacked me and like there's some shit in the world that i don't know about and he's and he's now he's like this dark soul and i think it'd be so interesting if like when we when we see dutch at the end if if, if he already has his like little team with him his new team right and like you see right. maria is that her name maria right the, the survivor uh the woman you know the get to the chopper woman from predator i, um, I think so is that her name, Maria? Um, but like, whatever. The point is, what if she's there and like Phil Paxton is there and like maybe a couple other dudes, you know, from some other like we'll have to go back and like look at some Schwarzenegger and decide like at this point like what what would have what other characters what other like side characters could we have used to bring back to make them part of like this like you know crack team that you know <laughs> that like that, that Dutch has put together like you know uh, I don't know somebody from red heat or something like that you know one of the other movies <laughs> right it'd be really really interesting <laughs> just a fun thing to throw in there that would be fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> just to have have bill paxton come because i mean again it, who doesn't love bill paxton yeah <laughs> or oh, wait, yeah, actually that'd be funny too like what if it was you know back again i mentioned red heat you know what is it uh uh jim belushi right isn't jim belushi and yeah jim belushi was like the like yep. the cop and what if he's now like you know he's now he's like this grizzled like serious you know like soldier guy because you know because <laughs> he like you know he learned from uh you know from uh schwarzenegger's like russian you know counterpart or whatever you know right <laughs> that'd be funny if like, we just have this like <laughs> cast of like uh cameos that are part of like a uh, duchess new team <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome 
That'd be so fun. So, and then of course, oh, man. Danny DeVito. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's their weapons expert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the genes are really strong in that family, apparently. Oh, wait a sh- Oh, fuck me. Wait a second. Fuck me. <laughs> Hang on Uh-oh. a second. Hey, oh, God. Wait, I got I to gotta go back and look at. I got to look at the filmography. Hang on, because the, does the timing work? You mentioned Danny DeVito, and man, those <laughs> light bulbs started blazing. Twins, 1988. It came out before this sequel we're talking about. Dude, isn't Twins about some kind of like experiment where they're trying to like raise and perfect like the perfect human? Isn't that like the backstory about how the Schwarzenegger twin was created? Because it was like some like you know some like genetic experiment, and like Danny DeVito's oh, character God. is like the cast-off. What if all of these Schwarzenegger people are all like products of this experiment? And maybe they're not even necessarily brothers, but they're just all from this like gene pool from the twins experiment. Oh, dude, 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 dude. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, so. <laughs> And we find out that the uh, the the project. What if it was codenamed Skynet? <laughs> and that would be hilarious. The human experiments fail, so they go into machines. Yeah. So I'm I'm just reading this. I'm reading this right off of uh, of uh, Wikipedia, right? But yeah, Julius and Vincent Benedict are fraternal twin brothers who are the result of a secret experiment carried out at a genetics laboratory to combine the DNA of six fathers to produce the perfect child, right? Well, what if there was like a bunch of them? You know, you're right. And what, and what, if, the, <laughs> what if the orphan, whatever the orphanage was, was the orphanage was just like a subdivision of a much, much larger conspiracy that was, that was Skynet. You know, it was just one of many attempts <laughs> to make like the perfect killing machine and the machines obviously won out, but then they turned on their creators, you know, Frankenstein turns on its creator and now right. the humans are like, Oh shit. Like, you know, we created a monster. And, and <laughs> but of course, <laughs> you know, that's why all the TA hunters look like Schwarzenegger because they were using they said in the first movie that they grew those those cybernetic parts for the T-800s. Well, right. they, they had all the DNA, didn't they? <laughs> and, and they and they were growing it from their one uh, their one achievement from that that project, because clearly the the Dutch and and, you know, Matrix and mm-hmm. that that body was the one that won out, not the Danny DeVito. <laughs> You yeah, know? exactly. Oh, dude. Right. So when Kirby shows up to like debrief Matrix and he's like talking about it, what if Matrix like he, he's going to ask the question that like Sarah Connor asked that we never got an answer for. What if he asked Kirby straight up? He's like, there's one thing I didn't understand about this whole thing is like, why did this monster have my face? Right. Yes. And yes. That, that's that's when Kirby's like, well, I need you to meet somebody. You know, and it's like, yeah, yes. it's, it's not as fucked a brother connection. It's that he now he meets Dutch and he's like looking in the mirror and you're like, dun, 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 dun. like what happened? You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. Man. That's awesome. Oh, God. The mythology huh, here is awesome. We just fucking tied twins into Terminator <laughs> and Predator and Commando. <laughs> and Red oh. Heat. Don't forget. Don't forget. Yeah, Red Red Heat. <laughs> Oh and God. aliens is aliens is coming raised by rentals listeners aliens oh, is coming it's on the God. it's on the schedule trust me it's coming <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i would watch the shit out of this franchise <laughs> 
Oh man, it's like the Expendables, except we're just using all the original characters instead of the original actors. Like it's like fuck, we'll just use them all. We'll use all the original, like the actual characters, and just bring them all together. Oh and, man! And by the end of this, it's gonna be like the fucking Nutty Professor, only with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like <laughs> I guess exactly. <laughs> somehow I, I don't. We didn't plan on doing this with Raised by Rentals, but somehow we've turned into the like, how do we make every Schwarzenegger movie connect? That's the podcast <laughs> we're on now. Like this is the world we've created for ourselves. Like. <laughs> Because the Running Man is really easy to to fit oh, into, and in, we could Running Man, boom, no problem. And by the way, that's the that's the other movie I was thinking of where he had a beard. He, he had a beard for a little while in the Running Man. Um, oh yeah, that's right. When he was like in hiding, right? But yeah, like that one's easy to fit in. Total Recall, we can that that one I could probably we can make that one work. You know, Kindergarten Cop, boom, that's a cinch. You know, like <laughs> True Lies, boom, like, it, it, it writes itself. Eraser, it writes itself. Like, come on, you know. <laughs> The hard ones are going to be, how do we get, like, Conan and Batman and Robin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Batman and Robin. Oh, man, we'll get there, though. We'll get there. We'll get the, there. Heat, the heat miser, cold miser bit. Oh, I haven't watched oh, that movie in forever. God. So, okay, I, I think we, we, we need to get out while the getting's good. Get out <laughs> on this high that we have yeah. reached here again. So I think it's time to wrap it up. Uh, so I just want to just let everyone out there know, if you haven't already heard us say it a hundred times before, go check out redpantheon.com or Red Pantheon on all the social medias. It is an art collective of podcasters and artists and photographers and you name it, uh, of just cool people making rad stuff. And we have just banded together to help each other out, share our audiences. We think if you like this podcast, you'll probably like one of the other projects or you'll find something else cool uh, that you'll dig as well. And some of the projects on there are Comics Boost. You'll find uh, other podcasts such as... The Boogeyman's Closet. That's uh, my uh, weekly horror movie review podcast along with two of my friends. And uh, also Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash where three grown man children talk about toys and bitch about Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how could you not want to listen to that, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So check out redpantheon.com. Everything is on there. All the contact information, all the socials. Check us out. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit redpantheon.com to support Rad Stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. going on in there when you turn it. <laughs>